0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29 says this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us. The title of my message this morning, and greetings if you're listening to us on the King's Cast, is, well, here's a good title, God's not telling me things. What about that as a title? God's not telling me things. God's secrets. I want to introduce you to an idea that you may be fully familiar with, but maybe not, uh, maybe not so. And that idea is this: that God does keep many things secret. The idea that God is gonna tell you everything you want to know, you wanna, you wanna throw that idea away. And, and you must throw it away, otherwise you could become quite frustrated with your life. Why don't I know what's happening? You know, why isn't God talking to me? And, uh, you could be so desperate, you've got to hear from God, you come and stand in the prayer line, and, um, Someone like Phil, you know, is prowling around. Well, not prowling, but you know, walking around. And you know, he's a tremendous man of the spirit of prophecy. And you think, I'd I love Phil to pray with me today. I, I've got to have a word. And he comes and he prays with you, and he says, "Oh God, just bless, you know, bless him." And you think, "Well, yes, fair enough, but isn't there anything else in there? Can we just have another look in the inbox? Just, just refresh the page. Anything there? Nothing there." And uh, you can become quite you know, frustrated. Well, I don't know things. Why doesn't God tell me things? And I just want to give you this word of encouragement. Uh, in as much as hopefully it will be a revelation of truth, if not, if, if not information to you, that God does not tell us things all the time. Can you say amen? And you've got to get that. If you don't get that, Uh, about the Holy Spirit, that he does not just come and tell you everything you want to know all the time, then you could become quite frustrated. And so what I want to do is take a few minutes this morning to uh, look at a number of things that God isn't going to tell you, okay, or that he's not always going to tell you. And maybe you can take some of this and factor it into your life, and maybe it'll help you to understand the ways of God, and uh, hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you in some in some way. So let's look at, I've thought of four, well actually three things, three things that God doesn't tell us about, or th- things he keeps secret. So I want you to turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 13. Let's start there. Matthew chapter 13. It's amazing that the Apostle Paul when speaking about Jesus, speaking about the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ, he refers to our God as a God who is not like a dumb idol. Paul was really keen to, to, to think of the idols that the, the, the people were worshipping, particularly the Greek and pagan people. The idols they were worshipping were dumb. Now, that's D-U-M-B, not just D-U-M. Dumb means I'm a bit dumb. But dumb meaning they they couldn't speak. And the difference between the idols that that pagans were worshipping in the New Testament times and the Holy Spirit for Paul was, many differences of course, but one of them was that the idols couldn't talk and God does talk. So we want to keep that intention as we think about these things. God does talk and maybe God is... Going to talk to you today here uh, among us. But a few things that he doesn't like to reveal. Number one, we discover from the Bible that he conceals the gospel from the proud. That's a fascinating concept, and we'll, we'll read about it now. In Matthew 13, and picking up the reading in verse 10. The disciples came to him, Jesus, and they said, Why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus replied, The knowledge of the secrets, that's what the NIV has here, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. It's it's, it's extraordinary. Is that what it says in your Bible? God has got a secret. And he has given the secret to you, but he has not given the secret to them. Amazing. Whoever has, verse 12, will be given more. You have a bit of revelation about God, you're going to get some more. But whoever does not have, uh, and sorry, and he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which is chapter 6. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. This is the difference between being able to see Or hear and not being able to see and hear. It's to do with the heart. It's not to do with the intelligence. Listen to me. It's not to do with the intelligence. Not to do with the intelligence. It's not to do necessarily even with the experience. It's to do with the heart, he says. It's to do with the heart. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. And they have closed their eyes. Otherwise... They might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. And then Jesus says, that was from Isaiah 6, and Jesus now speaks to them. He says, but blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but they did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. It's an astonishing piece of the Bible and I don't not really sure I understand everything we've just read, even myself. Except to say that sometimes, have you ever had that thing where you're trying to share your faith with someone else? Someone in your workplace. Someone, maybe the most difficult person to share your faith with. Someone in your family. Ooh-hoo. Rather preach to a group of cannibals than to your dad, you know. And, and the whole, you, you, you're trying to explain, but it's like they do not see it. Have you ever had that experience? And, and sometimes you think, well, I, maybe I need to pray that God will, you know, move upon them. And I want to suggest to you that it's actually all about uh, the heart It's not about the brain. It's not about whether they can understand it or not. It's about the condition of their heart. Because this is what the Word of God says. It says that God gives grace to the who? To the humble. But he resists the proud. And sometimes I think in the sphere of our evangelism, the sphere of our our sharing of our testimony... We want to pray that God will bless us. We want to pray that God will use us. In fact, we need to pray that God will soften the hearts of people to whom we speak. And he will give them the greatest gift that he could give them, which is the humility that comes from heaven. So I want to just say that first, that sometimes you could become quite frustrated as you try to share your faith, and you just think, why don't you... Why don't you get it? But they don't get it sometimes because there is a pride matter. There's a pride issue that kind of surrounds them. And I think if you think about some of your experiences in sharing your faith and witnessing and evangelism, I think you'll find that in in many cases, actually, that is the stumbling block. That there there is a closed heart there was another occasion, it's in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus, it says he rejoiced in the spirit. And it says that he was overjoyed and he said, Father, I bless you because you have, you have hidden this kingdom, these things, but this kingdom from the wise and the learned and revealed it to babes. I don't know whether you ever heard before an evangelist leave a platform, go into the back room and say, Father, I rejoice because a whole load of them didn't get it tonight. I've never heard an evangelist say that. But that's what he sort of does. Father, I'm just I'm, I'm over the moon with the idea of what you're doing. Because Jesus recognized it wasn't to do with the, the brilliance of the mind or the ability to hear. And by the way, it's not also to do with the brilliance of the communicator. You can bring on an incredible preacher. One very deep, one very funny, whatever it might be. But it's all really to do with a person's heart. So you want to share your faith with someone? Pray for yourself. Pray for boldness. But pray for the heart of the person to whom you share. That they will become humble and have humility towards the things of God. The second thing that God seems to hide is, I liked—I really liked typing this, he hides important information. What about that? Isn't that terrific? God hides important information. Now you know full well, don't you? Well, actually, why don't you have a look in your Bible in Luke chapter 9. Let's Let's go to Luke (coughs) 9. Anyone who um, runs a business or works in any form where communication is important knows that important information should not be hidden. Unless, of course, it's a mobile phone contract. In which case, put it in very small print at the bottom of the letter. But other than that, any important information like you know, fire exit. Uh, any important information like way out or read this or this is the place to go to be inspected. You know, any, any important information like that needs to be put in big, bright letters. You can't have small signs, you need big signs. Important information must be wonderfully displayed. And what do we learn about God? We learn that sometimes he not only does not put important information in big print, but he conceals it. Let me explain what I mean. Did you turn to Luke chapter 9? Luke chapter 9, now let's pick up something in verse 44 from your Bible, end of verse 43. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, listen carefully, to what I'm going to tell you. Now this is so funny, I don't know whether you knew the Bible was funny, but this verse we're about to read begins with these words, listen carefully to what I'm going to tell you. Okay, so that's how he begins, listen carefully to what I'm going to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. And in the alternative version of this in Mark's gospel chapter 9 he goes on to say I've got to be killed and in three days raised to life so this is what Jesus says okay boys here it is now listen carefully I'm going to be betrayed I'm going to be killed that's quite big news and then I'm going to rise again from the dead have you got that yeah we got that then look at the next verse next verse says but they did not understand what this meant it was hidden from them so they did not grasp it oh great it didn't it's not that they couldn't grasp it it was hidden from them so they could not grasp it god took that information away from their minds well I find this a very strange set of events but it does set a precedent and the precedent is this that some of the things you think you must know God begs to differ with you can I say that again? some of the things that you think you must know God begs to differ. God has a different opinion on that. Well, Lord, I've got to know what I'm doing. No, no, I'm afraid you don't. No, Lord, am I am I going to move to Massachusetts or not? I, Lord, I've got to know. Well, I'm not going to tell you. There you are, you know, six weeks before your wedding. Lord, is... Is she the one? I'm not having any comment about that. (laughs) I've been offered this job. I've been offered a job in Ely. Should I go or not? What should I do? Lord, you've got to tell me. This is important. It's not about marriage. It's not about ministry. This is about money. Tell me. God. Saying nothing on it. You would have thought, wouldn't you, that the death and resurrection of Jesus was pretty important for them to know, but God took the information away from their minds. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 7, the disciples come to Jesus. He's been telling them about the end of the age, and they say this to him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus says to them, It's not for you to know the times and the seasons. The Father has set in his own authority. A really important question. Lord, what's about to happen in this country? We're the apostles, don't you know? We ought to know. People are going to ask us these questions. And Jesus says, I'm just not telling you. I am not telling you. And perhaps the greatest one of all here, Matthew 24, verse 36. Having told them... (coughs) All about the second coming. He finishes with this. But when it comes to the actual date, no one is going to know. Now, there are a colossal amount of things in your life that you think you must know. And I want to encourage you with this thought, that if you don't know that information, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's, maybe that's fine. If God has chosen not to tell you something, then maybe you should be cool with that and leave that with Him. Do you know what will happen if you don't do that? I want to give you a very serious warning. Sometimes people can become mad with God Because they don't know things. And I want you to understand that you are not supposed to know everything, even about your own life. Now, I've told this story before. I was reminding Jane of it last night. If you've heard this story before, I'm sorry, but it's so good. (laughs) And it's almost true. Many, many years ago, I was a single man. And in our church in Torquay, we had a singles group. It was called Come and Meet Each Other or Cameo for short. Isn't that good? And they were trying to get me in the group for a long time. And I'd seen who was in the group and I didn't want to come. And I don't think they especially wanted me to come either. But the organizers thought, well, because I was one of the preachers or one of the ministers in the church, it would give the group real cred if one of the pastors came to the group. So I said, well, I'm coming, but don't you be sitting me next to anybody in particular. She said, oh, no, I won't do that. So I said, well, I'll come when it's the Christmas meal. At least I'll get something out of it. And when I came, I was sat next to, oh, dear, it was Anyway. I didn't marry her, that's all I say. I, I pulled a cracker, but I didn't pull a cracker, if you see what I mean. Anyway, a, a friend of mine, he did used to go to the group. He was called, he, well, I will call him Steve to protect his identity. But actually, he really was called Steve. Anyway, um, <laughs> but to protect his identity, I'm going to call him Steve. And Steve was a bit older than me, and he was always going on dates. And I was, like his, I was like his fat friend, you know, that didn't go on dates. And, but Steve wasn't very good at dates. He's a bit older than me as well. And uh, so Steve used to invite me on his dates with his dates, if you see what I mean. I don't know how you would feel, lady, if you were going on a date. And the pastor showed up as well be a bit odd but there you go so one time on one of the dates that he took me on I didn't go on too many of them but one time we went to this lady's house in Torquay this is and uh, the lady had been married before I think and had a beautiful little girl maybe five years old so we're sitting in the in the front room, The lady's out in the kitchen getting coffee and probably thinking, what is Peter doing here? But she comes in, hello, (laughs) we're having coffee. And um, on one of the occasions when the lady of the house is in the kitchen, the little girl comes running in, now watch this, she comes running in, runs up to Steve who's sitting in a chair and she says, Steve... Would it be okay if I called you daddy? Now, this is like, I don't want to tell a lie, but I think this was like their second or third date. Now, is is that a bit quick for that? I think so. But anyway, I didn't say anything. And Steve is so polite. And he said, well, um, yes, if you like. So she went skipping out and she got a new daddy. Anyway, we had a nice evening. Then in the car on the way home, Steve was a taxi driver. And so we're driving home in a taxi. I used, that was great. Uh, I said, Can we go for a bit of a long way round, you know, just because I don't have to pay? <laughs> and he would, as we're driving home, I said, Steve, did you hear what I heard? What, what was that? She came in and she said to you, would it be okay if I called you daddy? He said, yes. I said, and you said yes. He said, yes. I said, well, Steve, I don't want to pry, but um, do you think you might marry this woman in the future? You know, uh, not that you know now, but is, there, is that where this is going, How many of you think that was a reasonable question to ask him? All the ladies say, all the men going, well, you know. (laughs) All the ladies' hands went up then. (laughs) So I said, are you going to marry her? And to my amazement, he went, oh, no. (laughs) You know, if I'd have been driving. You know. I said, well, I said, Steve, I want to tell you this. You want to cut this relationship off as soon as possible because you're going to hurt this little girl. If you, I mean, if there's an inkling in your heart that you might marry her, fair enough. But if you know, I mean, that you know that this is not going to be for you, now we've got a little girl involved. You need to cut this off. Well, I thought that was wise advice. So he went and saw her. The pastor's told me that I'm not to see you again. Bye. And then he went to his, he was in a house group and he went to his house group and the house group, it was one of these house groups that loved having a single person in the group because they always used to pray for them and prophesy over them. She's coming, she's coming, I can see her. Yes, she's coming over the hill. Let's all get in the spirit. What's her hair like? I think the Lord's showing me she's a blonde. No, the Lord's showing me she's a brunette. Well, maybe she dyes her hair. Yes, that's what the Lord is saying. So the house group, anyway, I made that bit up, but the house group... Unfortunately, it's the only bit I did make up. But the house group were really praying for him to get married. And they knew he was meeting with this woman. He went to the house group. They said, Steve, how's it going with... I can't remember the lady's name. How's it going with, you know, whatever she was called? Linda. Let's call her Linda. How's it going with Linda? He said, well, he said, I'm afraid it's over. Over? People choking on their cocoa. Over? Over? But the Lord showed me in a dream a frog coming out of the river and I thought that might be you. It's over. Yes, he said, it's over. Why? Well, he said, the pastor told me that I had to end it. Why did he do that? By now they've moved from a seating position to a standing position. What did he... What does he think he's doing? Well, I don't know why he told me to do it, but he did tell me. It's over now. Is she upset or terribly upset? And the house group went crazy. And I got some feedback from them. My favorite line of feedback from the group was this. They were saying, what are you doing telling people what to do? Who do you think you are telling him who he can be with? And my favorite line was, what do you know about love anyway? <laughs> that was a good line. Actually, I thought I knew a little bit more about it than Steve. But you know what I had to do? I had to keep my mouth shut, didn't I? Because what could I say? Nothing. I couldn't say anything. Because I wanted to look after that little girl. And I wanted to look after that lady. So all I could do was keep my mouth shut. And to this day, if they remember, they're still mad with me. But why were they mad with me? because they didn't know all the information. And I remember going to prayer and, uh, Lord, you know, that's not fair, is it? I just tried to do what was right for them. And I've been criticized and all I tried to do was what was right for them. And God didn't talk to me. Don't misunderstand me. But I almost felt like God said to me, now you know how I feel all the time. Now you know how I feel all the time. Because God doesn't give us all the information. Can you say amen? Do you understand why I'm telling you this story? There are things that God knows, but he's not at liberty to tell you them. And when something mysterious goes on that you don't understand, you lose your job, you lose your health, your car breaks down, something that you thought was good breaks, some conflict arises, you're forced into a scenario that you wouldn't have chosen. Let me assure you of this, you do not know all the facts. And maybe God is doing something in that that you would never be able to understand But he who knows everything is able to guide and direct you. The other day I was stuck on the M11. And uh, you know when you're just stuck on the top of the A14, the M11 there. And you're looking ahead and you think, you know what I want to do? I want to grow my neck. I want my neck to come out the sunroof. I want to look down the road and say, what's going on? But I, I can't. And every now and then, an ambulance would go by. You've been in this scenario. A a police car goes by. And I just think, oh, I'm so envious because they know what's going on, don't they? And how do they know what's going on? Because a helicopter flies above and sees the bigger picture. It's very rare for you in your life to be in that copter. You're the guy in the car. All you can do is look ahead. And I want to encourage you, God doesn't tell you some vital information. I also want to encourage you that sometimes a church leader like me might make what is to you a strange decision. Please, just bear in mind that maybe I might have more information than you about a certain thing. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. And God is the same. God is the same. We don't know what He's doing. He's not going to even, he's not, but he's not, he's not going to tell us either. But we're going to trust Him. Maybe like that house group really should have trusted me, but instead they just thought the worst. And now that's fine with me. But don't think the worst of God. Don't think the worst of God. God hides important information. He keeps the future secret. Number three is the third and final one. I put here he strategically hides his presence to strengthen our faith. Just one more, well maybe two more verses to look at. Let's just quickly go to Matthew 24. Luke 24, Luke 24. I'm almost done. And we'll pick up a reading in verse 13. This is a story that occurred after the resurrection. Jesus has been raised from the dead but he walks alongside a couple of disciples and he does not reveal to them that he is with them. Luke 24 and picking up in verse 13 Now that same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem, Sabbath day walk, and they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they walked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself, can you say that with me? Jesus himself. He came up and walked along with them. But look at this amazing verse, verse 16. But they were kept from recognizing him they really needed to know he was alive why were they downcast, why were they walking, depressed, why because they believed the saviour was dead really you could say if ever there was a time for Jesus to say you know I'm okay here I am, it was, it was here And as they walked along, he walked with them. But it's not that they didn't recognize him. They were kept from recognizing him. God keeps secrets. But what happens as they walk? As they walk, Jesus gives them a Bible study. And he says to them, oh, don't worry. The Messiah will rise again. And he begins to... Speak to them from the scripture. And if you begin in, if you look in verse 27 of Luke 24, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, that's the whole Old Testament, you see, the Moses through to the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And this had such a profound effect upon them that if you look in verse 32, It says, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? I want to make a very, very important point about your Christian life. God never leaves you. Never. But sometimes he will... Make it feel like that could be the case. Just like he did here. Sometimes people talk in the area of the five senses when they talk about God. They go to a meeting and they say, I really felt the presence of God. And I'm aware that within the sphere of Christianity, within the sphere of local churches, there are some people who much more easily feel the presence of God than other people. So to all you uh, non-feelers out there, take heart, because it's not just you. There's lots of other people who, who do not have lots of experiences to speak about. But other people do. And by and large, those experiences are real, absolutely. Some people feel... God's presence. And other people don't. But here's a problem. Excuse me, here's a problem. When people who are feelers no longer feel, they go into a bit of a spiritual crisis. Do you understand? Now, for those of you who don't feel anything, you're fine all the time, aren't you? I know when I do these big meetings in Brazil miracle meetings and often the interpreter or someone asks me what do you how do you feel and I always say I don't feel anything I feel a bit hot I feel like there's a strange insect coming towards me that looks like a pencil with wings I feel like I shouldn't have had that rice last night but in terms of feeling Gabriel here and Archangel Michael here no no, I don't feel anything. And all throughout the crowd, great miracles of healing. One lady, cancer just disappeared from her chest. And just amazing. Blind people seeing the deaf here. Sometimes up to 50, 60 miracles are meeting. And I sit down at the end. How do you feel? I didn't feel anything. Because I'm not a big feeler sometimes. But, but it's not important to me. Perhaps that's the best way to say it. Sometimes I feel things. I felt something last Sunday here. I really felt something. But it's not important to me. Feeling does not necessarily mean that something is happening or not happening. Some people talk, oh, should I say this? Some people talk about the anointing. They really mean adrenaline. Because they can be very similar. But here were two people who needed to feel that God was with them. And God deliberately chose to remove such feelings from them. Do you understand the story? And I want to ask the question, why did he do that? I don't know if I know the answer, but here's one. Here's one reason. Because he wanted them to look in the Word. He didn't just walk along with them talking about the what nice weather we're having. Aren't the trees nice this year? He kept teaching them about the Word. And he revealed Himself to them. Listen, this is this is a great truth coming here. He revealed his, Himself to them. Not by touching them. Not by giving them something that would be in their five senses or in their emotional state. But he taught them about himself from the word. And what happened? Their hearts, we read it, burned within them. This. This is what you need. This is what you need. This is where you're going to get your strength. This is not adrenaline. This is not open to whether I'm feeling tired or not. This is not open to whether the music is good today or not. This is not to do with whether we have a guest speaker or not. The word is life. And Jesus removed his presence from them so that he could speak to them in the way he wanted to speak to them which is through the scripture. We believe in this church very much in prophetic gifts and prophetic ministries. Last week was a wonderful time here with that. And at different times in the week We see this demonstrated. I give thanks to God for that among us. Strong sense of God speaking to us here. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. But you know what? Take all that away. We have the more sure word of prophecy. And sometimes the more sure word of prophecy is sitting on our shelf, collecting dust, when it should be being devoured like the man of God was told, eat the scroll. And I want to encourage you, those of you who are not big feelers, well, God can change that. And I want to encourage you that if, if this afternoon, thousands of people can jump up and down at a football match, we ought to be jumping up and down in church. If yesterday scores of people around the world can be cheering and clapping because of a funeral then we ought to be cheering and clapping in church for Christ so sometimes people say well I'm just not that way inclined except of co- unless I'm at Wembley and then I'm a different man people say men don't sing that's why people, men don't like church they don't sing have you been to a football match? my brother Pavarotti But to those of you who are the non-feelers, well, I just want to say, well, it's actually, God might want to minister to you and do something about that. But generally speaking, actually, that's, that's pretty much okay. And for feelers and non-feelers alike, let's be clear. We need to eat from the word. Not from the experiences. Not from spiritual manifestations. Glorious though they are glorious though they are Jesus said to the Pharisees you search the scriptures because in them you believe you have eternal life these are the scriptures that testify about me you want Jesus you can find him in a worship song but I tell you this you'll find him in the word you want to know the will of God for your life you'll find it in a prophet's prayer line but you're going to find that in the word one time we had and I'll finish with this thought we had a lady come here she was great musical gifts and, uh, but for a while for a while I thought because I knew she had some prophetic gifts and I thought if, if we release you into musical gifts you'll leave those prophetic gifts behind and I tried to develop her in the, in the, more, in the bit that she was not so experienced at Do you ever know the principle? I don't know if it's true, but lots of medical people here will know that if one eye is, you know, not so good, you cover the good eye to strengthen the other. And sometimes God does that in our lives. Covers something good in order to strengthen something else. And you might well be here today thinking to yourself, I don't feel the presence of God like I used to. It's nothing to do with the music. It's nothing to do with anything Why don't you go back to the word of God and find Jesus there. One more scripture. Go to the book of Proverbs chapter 25 and I'll finish with this. Proverbs 25 and I'll finish with this. God keeps secrets but let me leave you with the exhortation to seek him because sometimes things are a, a secret because we have not asked to know them. I often say the, one of the greatest reasons why prayer is not answered is because prayer is not offered. And for no other reason than that. Jesus said you have not because you ask not. He said that through the, through the book of James. In the book of Daniel, the king speaks to Daniel and he says this to him. Surely your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and the revealer of mysteries. And I want to encourage you to leave you with these these two ideas. Number one, that if you don't know something, maybe you shouldn't always be all that anxious about it because maybe that's what God is doing with you. Certain things you're not supposed to know, certain things you're not going to know, we have to put our trust in God and on other occasions there are times to seek him and say Lord I need something from you and in Proverbs 25 and verse 2 it says this it is the glory of God to conceal a matter to search out a matter is the glory of kings Very strange verse, but the way I understand it is this. That God is sometimes in the business of concealing things. But if you're a king, you go after God and you seek that out. The Bible says in the book of Romans, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And I want to encourage us that God is a God who speaks. But if you're stuck in a place where you feel, I, why didn't God tell me this? Why, why don't I know this? Here's my word for you today. Don't worry, be happy. Because sometimes that's the business that God is in.